Hello, my friends, this is Andy Falco Jimenez. I am your host for the California Parent Alliance uh, podcast and the president of the California Parent Alliance. And uh, a lot's been happening over the last couple of weeks. And in particular today, some of the breaking news that I had for you that I just wanted to let you know is that there are some, um, some patriots out there, uh, some children out there who are fighting these mask mandates and refusing to wear their masks. And um, it just warms my heart because <laughs> it is time for the children to take their schools back along with the parents. Uh, this morning, got a, a text message from a parent who said, uh, uh, my, my child's getting um, uh, walked out of the school and I'm told to come and pick them up. And um, uh, what do you, you know, just wanted some advice and, and some of the things that I've been hearing and things like that. And so I made some connections and um, I'm not going to give away too much because I'll, I'll leave that up to them to make public if they want to. But um, what I what I understand was that uh, their child was not the only one in um, the school. I'm going to probably not say the school either because that will narrow it down uh, somewhat. But um, the uh, the interesting thing, no sound. I have no sound. Is that true? Uh, it says that I have sound. Hold on. Let me just make sure that I don't uh, have something not connected here. Audio. Uh, it says right that I have sound. So maybe maybe it's the phone. Um, if anybody else that's watching, because I see there's a number of people watching, if you could comment and let me know if you can hear my mic, that'd be, oh, okay. Fernando DiMartina says, I can hear you. Thank you, Fernando. How are you doing, Fernando? Nice to see you. Um, so um, so now that my sound is working, um, uh, Regina can't hear me. I would just tell her to um, you know, re reboot her phone or um, launch it. Nice, Fernando. All right. So back to what I was talking about is that um, that their child was not the only one. The interesting thing is, is although we don't have, I don't have 100%, um, I don't have any recorded uh, audio of, of uh, or video um, to back what I'm about to say up. But what I understand is that there are some children that are being told to leave who are refusing to wear their mask. And there's other children who are not who are also refusing to wear their mask. And so um, there sounds like there may be some issues that we may need to look further into and some discrimination uh, for um, some children, uh, maybe the children of certain parents um, that they don't, the school administration doesn't like or a teacher doesn't like. And so uh, we need to look further into this. And so we just need to continue to fight. And, and any of the children, thank you, Ray, I appreciate it. Let me know that I can be heard. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I, I hesitate in to tell the parents to tell their children to not wear their mask. It is a choice. Um, and this is all we're fighting for is the choice to um, have our children wear masks or even for the child to wear their mask or not. We are fighting for a choice. This is really important because this gets way um, bent out of, uh, you know, uh, out of context, I think is the right way of saying it. And it is uh, a lot of um, lies are being told in the form of trying to fight against just simply people that you don't like. And so there's a, a number of people on the left, uh, which is this side of my body, and there's people on the right, right, on, usually on these issues. Um, when it comes to parents, it's, it's kind of crossing over. There's some um, people that you would consider left or Democrats or leftists and some, uh, and some people that you know, usually try to stay out of these kind of discussions, uh, independence and that kind of stuff, who are coming, um, you know, to a place where they're saying, no, I want a choice. 
I, I don't think that my child should be breathing their own oxygen uh, and their carbon dioxide, if that's what it is. Um, whatever it is that is ca gonna, that's causing kids to get dizzy or not feel well or um, angry and, and just you know changing their personality, whatever that is that has to do with mass, that they don't want that anymore. And so it's, 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 it's not just a you know, conservative versus liberal type of thing anymore. This is crossing over. Um, but there are still some people that are either very fearful or just simply hate what they perceive to be the right. And I hope that's all making sense. All right. So you have some people that that want to just not do whatever it is uh, somebody that may be considered a conservative Christian would want to do. And then you also have some people on the left who are, are, are just simply saying, you know, I just don't want my kids to wear masks anymore. And so we have a lot of crossover and we still have some people that are just bent on just you know, being contrary to what the other side, what the other side wants. And so the one thing is they were anti-mask. Now I don't care if you wear a mask. Um, I am anti-mask for myself. <laughs> I don't believe my children should be breathing, uh, you know, the, their own expelled air uh, that is not supposed to be breathed back. And the reason we're getting rid of it is because it's, 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 it's poisonous or not, it's not useful. And so we should be able to allow our children to breathe Normally, that that is our feeling, and so anti-mask is not is is usually only coming from people that just hate uh, the other side of the aisle. Uh, same thing with uh, what people are saying is anti-vaxxers. Is that uh, I, I'm not anti-vax necessarily. I'm for other people. You guys can get vaxxed all day long with as many vaccines as you want. I I, I really don't care. Um, I just don't believe that um, if you've had COVID and you have natural immunity based on what the studies that I've read and some of the really smart people that know about um, viruses say that the uh, natural immunity is, is sometimes 27 times is what I've seen more effective than a vaccine. So I feel why would I put a vaccine in my body, which also I have been told is sometimes can be weakening of the immune system of a person. So why do that to myself when I don't need to, or my children don't need to, because all my kids have had COVID. Everybody in my family has had COVID and I was even hospitalized with COVID and had to sign a DNR because um, uh, of that illness. And uh, they really did not think I was gonna make it through the night. But I have great antibodies, great antibodies. I have, uh, after having it a year and a half ago, I have since slept with a COVID patient and I never uh, came back positive with COVID um, since since having COVID for the first time. I have had children who have had COVID, um, you know, come, of course, they don't, you know, a couple of them didn't feel well, or they just had a, you know, a time where they needed a hug. And I've hugged all my COVID positive children and never came back myself positive with COVID-19 <clears throat> since I first had it. So um, those are things that you, you all got to understand that it's not that we're necessarily anti-vax, even though some people are, that is not the position I'm coming from. I'm coming from a position that I want a choice uh, to have a, a, a vaccine or not, or to give my children a vaccine. So I just want to make sure that this is very clear as I come into some videos that I'm going to play for you from the last meeting. So just back to the breaking news, the breaking news is that uh, some children are still holding strong. Um, I, had, I had one of my children who decided not to wear a mask and got kicked out twice. Um, we have some lawsuits that are in place. We have uh, let them breathe um, uh, uh, lawsuits that have um, gone through some of the system. And <clears throat> uh, we are getting very close to being able to um, tell our school board or our district 
you know, what it is that we think should be happening in our schools and that kind of stuff. So um, there's a lot of stuff happening. The other breaking news, as many of you probably already know, <clears throat> is that in San Francisco, uh, three of the school board members got recalled uh, in, a, in a very, very dark blue area of our state uh, where you would not think <clears throat> if any school board members were, would get recalled, you would think there would be the Placentia Blinda School District or um, maybe even Bakersfield or someplace like that. But no, uh, three uh, school board members were recalled in San Francisco because of their um, lunatic uh, beliefs of what should be happening, like changing the name of a school that's named after Abraham Lincoln or George Washington. <clears throat> There's a lot of opinions going around as to why these three school board members were recalled. And I'm so sorry about my voice, but I've been uh, talking all day long. Um, uh, and very few people that are in the, 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 the liberal news, let's just say, want to admit it's because of their poor liberal policies is why they got recalled. But that is the very reason they got recalled. Um, one of the most important things I think that uh, I got from actually an MSNBC article here is that it says down further in the article, of course, it says there were also signs the recall election could have been rooted in anger over the board's approval of a plan to change the admission system for Lowell High School, a prestigious school in the district in order to make it more accessible. <clears throat> a prestigious school in the district in order to make, oh, I already read that. The board previously approved a plan to switch Lowell's admission, uh, missions, uh, admissions to a lottery system rather than a systems relying heavily on test scores, a move that was overturned in courts. And so here you have <clears throat> a school board who, simply wants to lower the requirements in regard to grades to get into a prestigious school. Um, we, we also hear of schools who have gotten rid of the F and the D, and they think that every kid should get an A. Um, every kid should get a trophy type of uh, situation. And many parents, and I've, and I've uh, spoken out against this in our school board meetings, is that that is a ridiculous, horrible, terrible thing that you can do to our kids to teach them that it's not important to make um, good grades or to have good grades and to lowering um, it to a very low level so that the teachers simply don't have to do work, um, that it's hard work to teach children how to read, write, uh, count, and how to think. It is very hard to teach a child how to do that. And so by getting rid of the Fs and the Ds or lowering the standards to get into prestigious schools, they're, they're, what they're simply saying is that they give up and they simply say, you know what, it, it's racist to make sure that a kid could read. It's racist to make sure a kid could do math. And so this is what happened in San Francisco is that the, the parents in that area said, no, you need to teach your kids how to read, write, count, and how to think. Um, not want to think. Don't spend time telling them that they're oppressed or, or, or they're oppressors. Don't be spending time telling them that there's 55 types of genders. Don't be teaching them a pornographic sex education. Stop wasting your time with that nonsense and, and teaching them, uh, you know, uh, uh, lies in regard to our U.S. history. Teach our kids how to read, write, and count and how to think, how to be critical thinkers and get away from all this madness. And this is the reason why the school board members in San Francisco were recalled yesterday. And that is an is amazing breaking news. And I want you to keep in mind of all this happening, all these things that are going on and stay encouraged. Uh, I know that at the Placentia Urbanist School District where I, uh, my children go, like I said before, <clears throat> we've been at it for now over a year. And we keep going to these school board meetings and the, and the uh, numbers of concerned parents 
gets larger and larger and larger, which it still continue can it can continue to get larger and should get larger. Um, but there can be this um, sense that nothing's happening. Uh, that every time we go, we argue about the same things. No, I'm telling you, things are happening. It's not happening as fast as we want it to uh, because we still have to fight through the majority, possibly, on our school boards that we're fighting against. And we have to continue to fight until the next election so that we can elect people that will be more for the, the healthy education, the health of our children. So we get those people in and get the people that hate our children and hate parents off of the school board. And that's what we need to do. So we continue to fight. We continue to get some things done, which we can if we continue to fight. And then we stay in the fight until we can get people elected. Uh, and, and then maybe even still, we don't want to go back to where we were, where we weren't attending school board meetings. Even after we get people elected that we believe will do the right thing, we have to make sure and be there so that we are sure that they are going to continue to do the right thing. But my point was, when I started all that rant, was that um, we are making a difference. Parents across not only California, but across the United States are making a difference. If we can get um, three school board, liberal school board members uh, recalled and taking off of the board in San Francisco, we're going to be doing pretty good if we can, if we can continue this uh, fight for our children's health and overall education as we go forward. All right, let me go ahead and get rid of this uh, lower third that I have popped up here. You guys don't need to continue to see who I am, <clears throat> but let me get that off. And I'm so sorry about my voice. <clears throat> I'm trying to get it cleared up and it just won't go. <clears throat> what I want to do now that I've given you that breaking news <clears throat> is play a couple of videos for you that um, I think will make my point. Now, <clears throat> at, the, at the last school board meeting, we had somewhere in the area of 35 to 40 parents and teachers and um, concerned citizens in the community speak uh, at the podium during the uh, public speaking uh, point of our school board meeting. And this was after two of the earlier, uh, was it two? I think it was two of the earlier school board meetings that got um, simply canceled by the tyrant, um, um, Carrie Buck, who is currently the president of the school board. She just decided on her own unilaterally to end school board, the school board meeting when she thought that somebody might not have been wearing their mask correctly, where it was dropped down below their nose. <clears throat> and she ended the meeting and said, everybody go home. Um, one of the meetings, uh, most of the parents stayed and we continued the meeting without her. We really didn't care what she has to say. Um, but um, so we had a couple of meetings, um, uh, you know, leading up to last uh, week's meeting uh, here in February. And we finally had a meeting. They had it outside. So we didn't have to wear masks. We didn't have to deal with all the, the masking issues. And um, we went forward with the meeting on the date it was supposed to be on. And we had about, I don't know, someone in the neighborhood of maybe 60 to 70 parents show up somewhere in that neighborhood. It may have been, um, I was up front, so it was hard to see how many were people were behind us. <clears throat> and so what I want you to know is that 95% of the parents that spoke, and again, a, a couple of teachers, which I'll play one of the teachers that spoke here in a minute. And we had um, some other uh, grandparents and some uh, former students that came and spoke. About 95%, if not higher, 97% of the people that spoke did not wanted a choice for masks and wanted a choice for vaccine and uh, want CRT banned from our school and don't want uh, pornography taught in sex education. And so just on those issues, uh, uh, primarily, I think there were about 97% of the parents, which is probably, I would say, equal to our community. The community, I would say, uh, is probably uh, represented there in the numbers. It could be, you know, plus or minus, you know, five or ten percent. But I would say that that's represented. Then we had 
the small percentage, which was like five people who spoke, who um, uh, wanted children to wear masks and, um, would, and, and, and want CRT taught in our schools and um, love that they believe that there's five different genders, not just two, uh, like most uh, common sense scientific people that, uh, believe that there's two genders. Um, and so you have a, a, a handful of those others. Now I'm going to play um, almost all of them. I think I might have missed one or two. There were two videos <clears throat> that I tried to record, uh, but the volume, uh, because they were standing too far from the mic, you wouldn't be able to hear what they said. So there were two of, of those. So uh, I have one, two, three, uh, four. Four people, and I guess, again, there might have been six in total out of the 35 to 40 parents who spoke who simply want masks. Now, um, they claimed, a couple of them claimed to be parents, and one was a former student. So uh, I've not been able to confirm this, but they quite possibly have students that go there. But what I want to do is play a couple of these videos, and uh, I would like to comment a little bit on what do they have to say and, and, and discuss whether their argument is uh, valid or not. And in, in some cases, I think we're not really that far off. I, I think in a couple of cases, I think we're actually talking about the same thing. It's just the way they're going about it is um, uh, based on some lies and some nonsense. So let's first hear from what the one I, I call him the masked wonder. I don't know his name, but his name is masked wonder. And let me play this video for you uh, and we'll hear what he has to say. And I'll talk a little bit about that. Maria Stubbs, Mila S, Ben Stubbs, and John R will be up next. So I'm a parent. I'm actually in your district, Cherry, District 5, parent of one. I'm a taxpayer there also. And I'm not going to come up here and debate the merits of CRT or ethnic studies because some people just won't listen, and that's fine. But I want to let you know that we are also going to fight for you. So everybody can come up here and run their mouth about how they're going to try to get you out, and that's fine. We'll be there, too. I walk down my streets all the time in District 5. Ms. Freeman will be there for you also. And Ms. Anderson, I hope you take the time right now to listen to the students of color that are coming into your class or coming into your office to tell you about what they're experiencing on a daily basis about racism. It's not about somebody's great-grandparents. It's not about somebody's grandparents. Children are experiencing this now in this district. And they've come up here and they've said it and they've bravely talked about their experiences in front of a pretty hostile crowd. And they met with, they've been met with nothing but derision and disrespect. So please keep that in mind going forward. This is about the children. This is exactly what we're fighting for, our children too. Thank you. Okay, so the screaming towards the end, he actually, the, the, the gentleman who just spoke, he was the one who originally started screaming and raising his arms. Uh, and then one of the other parents joined in there on the side. Um, and um, he's absolutely right. In the, in the sense that we want to protect our children. We do not want racism in our school. And I don't understand what the problem is. None of us want racism in our schools. And as I've talked about before, I, I um, absolutely want any child who uses racist remarks or a racist attacks on another child, where it's a, whether it's a white child on, uh, in regard to a black child or white child in regard to a Mexican child or a Mexican child towards a white child. We thank you. Oh my, my wife is amazing. She just brought me some hot coffee. She must've been watching. Oh my gosh. Um, that's going to help a lot. As soon as I get some down during the next video, I'll, I'll drink plenty to help my voice, but we don't want racism either. We, we, we definitely want any, um, uh, incident involving racist attacks 
to be investigated by the school. This is a standard policy that I'm sure that we have in any school in regard to bullying. And this is where those things need to be addressed, not in the sense that we need to teach racist ideology or indoctrination. That is two completely different things. So what he was talking about, you know, and I know what he was meant to say, but what he's talking about is exactly what we need to have in place. And that is to protect children from bullying, from racist remarks, racist attacks, and they need to be investigated. Not only do they need to be investigated by the school, but when necessary, investigated by the police. Absolutely. But that is going to be better protection. It's going to be more effective to make sure that we have strong rules and follow up in regard to any reports of racism than changing an entire curriculum for uh, children and teaching white children that they are oppressors and need to check their whiteness at the door uh, or teaching black children or Hispanic or Indian um, uh, descent children or American Indian or uh, what, uh, you know, whatever the name is they're giving them today, uh, teaching them that they are oppressed and that uh, they need to be uh, looking at every white person as an evil person or the police as evil people. That, that is dangerous. That is not healthy for our kids. It's not healthy for our community. And it is not going to make um, things better. It is only going to make things worse. So I agree with him. We, may, we need to address racism when it occurs. Um, as, as far as what he said, that uh, children have got, uh, went up to the mic and said that they've been attacked. Nobody's ever, none of us. I've been coming to these meetings for almost two years now. Not to every meeting, but almost every meeting. And any of the children, uh, and they just, as far as I know, have been Asian uh, children have gotten up and said that they experienced some type of racism. Uh, nobody, um, you know, attacked them. No, no, no parent said uh, anything negative to any of those children. Um, I have sent an email to the school board and asked, hey, what was the outcome of the investigation involving these accusations of racist attack? Did you investigate them as a school? I want to know if when these children reported, if they did, because uh, I've, I've got, I've asked them now twice to tell me, you know, what happened in regard, I believe it was three different um, children uh, of Asian descent who came up to the microphone and said they had experienced racism in the school. I asked the school district, what did you do? Did you, did you uh, investigate their accusations? What was the outcome of the investigation? Were any children suspended or kicked out of the school or um, uh, were they, were the police called? Was there a criminal investigation based on what these children said? I have got nothing. And they, they've said nothing in regard to anything was done in regard to those children. So either the children never reported it. And how are we supposed to know that there's racist activity happening if, if the children or the parents of the children don't report it? Um, or, um, nothing was done either. And it was reported and they in, in the district ignored it because they had nothing. They had no answers for any of the emails that I sent and uh, we got nothing on it. So uh, these are important issues. Of course, racism, any kind of attack, any kind of bullying, uh, whether it's talking about somebody's weight or talking about how somebody looks, all these things are important, but it's not, we don't change a curriculum because of a bad apple in the school. We don't change the whole system because on one day on the way to school, somebody called somebody a bad name. And so now we have to change the whole curriculum uh, to say that, uh, you know, people wearing red shirt are evil people. No, that's not what we do. We handle each situation individually. And when necessary, we call on the police to do a criminal investigation. That's how these things are happening.
All right. So here's another one. This is uh, I have a titled communist has the uh, has the left's backs. So here's one of our communist friends who came to the microphone and said that uh, they have the backs of Carrie Buck and um, Karen Anderson, uh, Karen um, Freeman. Here we go. Michelle. Yeah, my name is Michelle Chai. And the first thing I want to say is I'm here representing the RevComs, the Revolutionary Communists. And the first thing I want to say is people here that are not wearing masks and are forcing children to not wear masks have no right to spread disease or death. Thousands of people have died from this disease and people have no right to spread this disease and ignorance, okay? And we're here because... We want to, you know, have the backs of the board members that have been hounded with threats, that have been ha harassed and intimidated, do the right thing and actually, you know, we have your back, you know, to people that are actually upholding what is right, you know, and 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 we are here, we're doing that as part of actually getting organized for revolution to break down this whole system that actually gave rise to this fascist, fascist movement is all those people that are booing behind me is a fascist movement that are genocidal racist and are fighting to implement this these this is what they're fighting to implement all the way from the top of society to the bottom so please conclude your remarks yeah that's it <laughs> sorry i had a little, a little giggle there when i was uh, recording the the uh, the meeting um those are the people that are supporting uh carrie buck and karen freeman uh, the Communist Party. And so there's not much else to be that we I have to comment on that. That is who is supporting them. And um, uh, obviously, they have a lack of uh, knowledge in regard to the studies that have been done, uh, not only in the United States, but across the world in regard to the, the worthlessness of masks. Um, the Johns Hopkins um, uh, study that said that the lockdowns and all the things that they did, the, the plastic barriers, the social distancing, all that, all that did little to nothing to stop the pandemic or top, stop the spread of the virus. And so that, that's, that's who's, who is supporting Buck and, and Freeman, that those types of people uh, that uh, lack knowledge and that are apparently a part of the communist Marxist party uh, and whatever else she said, the, some army that they're gonna tear it down. So that, those are the people that are uh, supporting them. Um, break down the entire system. Yeah, Hedia says break down, they're gonna break down the entire system. Uh, well, we want to simply change the system around and, and, and go back to education. Um, but uh, none of us have ever said that we are going to uh, burn down the system. We just simply want our children to be taught. Uh, and yes, Eddie says those are liter those were literally statements from Antifa and Black Lives Matter uh, playbook. Absolutely. And, uh, and those are the supporters of, of Buck and Fre uh, uh, Freeman and Anderson in some cases. All right. So let's go back to our next one. Here is uh, another uh, a person who claimed to be part of the Communist Party. She's got there. No, it's a he. Sorry. It's a he. He's got green, uh, green and pink hair. Here we go. Yes, my name is Connor. I'm a former student of this district. Um, under the guise of outlawing critical race theory, there's a vicious campaign by Republicans, fascists to suppress and silence any discussion about systemic racism against black people and other people of color. They have attacked school board meetings like this one across the country, threatened the lives of teachers and officials. They claim that learning about white supremacy make children, that is white children, feel bad. Well, the truth is that this country was founded on slavery and genocide. When I learned about this history, 
it did make me as a young white person and a student uncomfortable. And that was a very good thing. It made me angry. It made me determined to do everything I could to put an end to this ongoing racist oppression. And now these fascists and their brain-dead, anti-mask, anti-science MAGA mobs want nothing more than to bury this history, replacing it with patriotic education to literally shape a generation of Hitler, or in this case, Trump and youth. Decent people need to stand up against this. That's right, this is the last thing I'll say. Decent people need to stand up against this and need to do this as part of making a real revolution against this whole system. Thank you. So earlier I was talking about what CRT would bring, uh, the this, uh, critical race theory or DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion is the other name that they give it. And that person has, is, a, is a student of that type of teaching. So if we were to look at uh, everything he said, which we could break it all down, but this show would be too long to break down much of what he said about the founding of this country of, uh, you know, based on slavery, um, and based on uh, some of the other subjects of, um, uh, gosh, he says a couple of other things or I can't remember what he said, um, but none of, that is, none of that is true. Was there slavery when this country was founded? Yes. Was there slavery in just about every, in every country across the planet at that time? Yes, this was the way things were uh, at the time and still are in many countries today. You just look at China. They still have slavery today. Uh, but what was one of the first countries that abolished slavery? The United States of America. Um, our country was based on biblical uh, uh, um, uh, ideology, I guess you want to say, biblical uh, teachings and uh, morality. Did it take us a while to do that? Yes, but we're the only country where um, white Americans fought to abolish slavery, slavery and they fought uh, sometimes friends and family in order to abolish slavery. And so when you look at the, the importance of teaching good U.S. history, Teaching that we did have slavery, yes, indeed, we are not going to hide the fact that we were that we had slavery in this country, but we're also going to teach that this country did something about it, and we fought each other. We've uh, again a family member against family member to abolish slavery and all the things that we did, um, and to can, to say that right at this time these things, uh, this country is a racist country. It is in fact one of the least racist countries on the planet, considering the diversity that we have in this in this country and who we've had as presidents and senators and congressmen, uh, police chiefs, some of the states and some of the cities that have some of the worst um, public education, like Baltimore, is run literally by an entire board of, of the, from the black community um, and has black mayors and has black city council members and have the worst education. Can we really say that this is, this is the problem of um, white supremacy or because of white people. I'm not sure that you can say that in these communities. What we have is a problem of educating our children. That is the problem. We need again, to, I'm repeating myself again, but we need to simply teach our kids how to read and write and count. One of the most common denominators between um, uh, men in prison is their lack of education, their inability to read. In many cases, it's also the lack of a father in the household, which you can find the most common issue in regard to every, every man that's in prison. It is, those are the two major problems, not having the ability to read and not having a father at home. And yet CRT teaches that the nuclear family is racist and should be abolished and that um, good sound U.S. history about our country should be abolished. 
it also teaches that police are bad in killing um, uh, a minority every day and actually going out and hunting um, minorities every day, which all is not true. And so when you teach it, you get somebody like the gentleman who just spoke, and that is the, the talking points and the things that come out of that type of mind that has been taught uh, these literally these racist things about our country and about police. And so I hope I didn't go too far on that, but that's, that's really the case. Now, this next one I want to play for you. This actually has a little bit of a backstory that I want you to know. And this young woman uh, who is a parent uh, who's about to speak, she uh, appears to be a, a young a black woman. Um, her and I had a discussion later on in the meeting when a, a bit of a scuffle broke out uh, in, the, in the back where um, somebody said something from the, the, the green people that were back there. The green people are the, usually the people on the left or the, the lefties. <clears throat> and then with some of the people that were um, considered conservative people. And, and one of them, for sure, I know is a conservative Christian <clears throat> and a, a verbal scuffle uh, occurred. After that occurred, <clears throat> I got up to walk around to just stretch my legs. And this woman, who I'm going to play, uh, approached me and said that uh, she called me by my name. She said, Andy, uh, can you help um, with uh, this intimidation we're feeling from some people uh, back here? And uh, we're a little worried. And can you, um, you know, either talk to them or, or also can you, um, you know, walk us to our car so that we feel safe? And I, I had to assure her that nothing was going to happen to her, that nobody was going to have any violence, um, uh, act upon any violence uh, towards any of the people there. And, um, and she said, I appreciate that mu very much. And she told me that, you know, even though we don't agree on a lot of things, I trust you. And so I really appreciated that. Uh, and, and when I went back and watched the video that I'm going to play for you right now, again, this is another person that I, I, I think that we have a lot in common and not as much uncommon as, um, uh, as that she may be led to believe. Uh, we're just coming from two different perspectives and, and maybe uh, it, at some point she can understand where all of us are coming from um, as far as the concerned parents or the conservative parents that are there to talk about what changes and what things we don't want in our school. So let me play this for you, and then we'll talk a little bit about what she had to say. My name is Brooke, and I'm a homeowner, taxpayer, and parent of two right here in PYL USD. Over the past 14 months, one, two, or three of our trustees have passed a resolution asking you to list the mask mandate, struck African-Americans from a mental health resolution, attempted to remove ethnic studies from the LCAP, ignored our students and diversify our narrative, used anti-LGBTQ and anti-trans rhetoric, spent months on a CRT ban, and advocated against the advice of the C CDPH and CDC and against our council and our insurance company. They also support a charter school that, have should, that should have gone through local control here in the district and not through the county. What they have not done is anything to help improve learning loss from the pandemic, student learning outcomes overall, or help to improve the mental health of our students, especially those who belong to marginalized groups. Stop the theatrics, oppose the CRT ban, enforce COVID mitigation, support training that lessens conflict, especially tonight, support teachers and staff's development, and serve our students. As a parent, I am asking you, please, please keep your job. Brooke is amazing. I, I, I like Brooke. Um, of course, there are a couple of things that I don't agree with, and that has to do with the mandates um, that, uh, you know, we want choice. And I, and I think deep down inside, at some point, she can understand where, why that's important for parents to, give, to be given back 
uh, their power of parenting because it sounds like that she wants that too. Uh, she wants her children to be taught and educated just like we do. And so we can agree there also. Um, I, I, I unfortunately think that <clears throat> there is... Um, a misunderstanding, again, if I go back to, um, you know, issues of racism or um, issues of LGBTQ, if I said that correctly, um, gender issues are, are issues that we are all going to have to learn to live with uh, uh, to some level. That, that is not going away considering we still have social media. We have, um, uh, you know, many people who are pushing um, on, upon children that they need to consider that they might be a furry or that they might, um, you know, if they're a boy, they might actually be a girl that we have people that are, that are pushing that. Uh, but that tends to be more on the, the, the social uh, networks and social media and, you know, whatever TV shows that they're watching that, that also push this because it seems like you can't watch a commercial without something like that being pushed upon us. But, it, it, but again, if we are going to listen to what Brooke had to say about getting our children educated, that is not education. That is something completely different. And when we are going to focus on education and what she wants, and that is, again, I'm going to repeat myself for probably the 10th time, that when it comes to teaching our kids to read, write, count, and how to think, that that does not have to be, nor should it be part of it. You're trying to sit, sit in a room as an educator, figure out how can we work in transgender issues into a math equation that how is it that we can reduce grade scores and 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 teach people teach the children that having reduced the grade scores so that you can get an a when you only get one question out of 100 right that that's that's important because transgender or certain races uh, can achieve that so it'd be racist or or transphobic if we didn't change the scoring system right you're 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 crowbarring in these issues into education where it doesn't belong None of these things are true. A, a, a black child can, uh, you know, does not have to have F's taken out of um, the school system or D's taken out of the school system or the grading system in order to achieve. They just have to be taught how to, how to, how to read and how to write. We need to encourage them and raise them up. And we need to reward them when they do show up for school. We need to show them how to uh, greet people nicely and how to look at each one, uh, each person as an individual based on, on who they are and who their character is, not based on what their skin color is. is those are the things that are going to make our, school our schools better and more effective when we get out of this idea that we have to crowbar in some type of racism or, or oppression or equality or any of these things to make it more educational. None of those things make it more educational. It, it, it causes there to be a divide between certain races and between certain sexes and a, a certain types of um, um, issues in regard to genders, which again is not something that you can put into everything uh, because there's enough of it away from school. And, and I think Brooke really, if she were to look at it, would, would sit back and say, you know what, we need to address racism and bullying as, a, um, as something, as a rule that has to do with discipline, not a form, of, a form of education. That these things are important, but they're, they are handled differently. 
Um, if we are to look at the mental health issue that she brought up, that that's that, I, and I don't remember the school taking any stand against mental health, and I, I believe that was something that she she threw in there, is that yes, she's probably right. We probably need to do a better job of of bringing more edu- you know, well educated psychologists or psychiatrists into a school system to handle some of the issues that have to do with um, uh, depression and anxiety uh, that have been brought upon uh, because of the issues that had to do with COVID and distancing and masking and all these things. For a period of time, we may need to bring in some professionals to help children that are struggling with being uh, reintroduced to people face-to-face without a mask on, um, or the children that are being harmed by what's happening in social media about gender issues and then those types of things that maybe there needs to be more in place to where a child comes to a teacher and says, you know what, I'm feeling very anxious about being in this room because of X, Y, and Z. Um, Can you help me? Yes, I'm gonna take it to the office. We'll see if we can call your parents. Important, step number one, and let them know what's going on and say, let's help, you know, let's uh, connect you with somebody that can talk with you. Just like we do as, um, uh, if you don't know, I'm a police officer, of 21 years is that the same thing we do on the street when we get into a situation where somebody says, you know what, I, I feel like I'm going to harm myself. Um, okay, let, let us take you to someplace where somebody can help you with this. Um, I feel like I'm depressed and, and, and I might do something um, uh, to harm somebody else. All right, well, let's, before you do that, let's take you and introduce you to a counselor. In, in um, uh, my time as a detective, we had counselors in our department of sex crimes that we could call upon to come to the scene to help a, uh, a victim of some sort of some type of sexual attack or a child of a sexual attack. We have these people in place. We quite possibly need to look at how we can have more of these things in a school. But again, to change a, a school, a teaching curriculum, whether it's U.S. history or social studies or what have you, and to now change them to try to address these individual issues or mental issues is wrong because they're going to affect children that don't have that type of thing going on, that they don't um, question their sexuality, that they don't question whether they're an oppressor or an oppressed person. Uh, The majority of children are coming from uh, uh, a place of, I'm a boy (laughs) and uh, I just want to uh, learn how to read. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I, I got a couple interested girls that I'm interested in and that kind of stuff. And then I want to go to sports and I want to play sports. They're, they're not struggling with whether they're a furry or not, if they're, or if there's a, a litter box inside of the restroom, which there have been discussions about putting litter box in restrooms at schools, believe it or not. So if you're wondering why I keep bringing it up, because it is an issue. We have girls that are dressing in the boys' locker room because they're claiming that they're boys. And I'm sure in some places we have boys that are dressing in girls' locker rooms because of they're claiming they're girls. We have a couple of those. Those are the children, instead of making accommodations and allowing a boy to dress in a girl's locker room because he says he's a girl, it's probably better to take the one or two people that are struggling with us and get them some attention or get them somebody that can help them through that. Um, And so this is something that we are bending um, a whole bunch of things, curriculum and rules and things like that, to address a small minority um, and affecting a majority and really harming our overall community by changing changing these things to uh, accommodate the few. Um, and I hope again uh, that that made sense and I didn't go far too into this, but I, I really love Brooke. I love what she has to say. 
<clears throat> I think she's misguided that she thinks that some of these things need to take place in as far as the curriculum are concerned. When in fact, I think that she's right. There are many issues that we can look at uh, on, a, on a separate issue and um, make, a, make a huge impact on the mental health of our kids. All right. One last thing I want to play for you as a teacher. And the reason I want to bring this up, again, I could have played the 30 videos of the parents that want their kids unmasked and want CRT banned and all kind of stuff. But that's, um, you know, that's common sense. Those things are common sense. <laughs> and uh, you already know all this stuff. Um, but I do want to bring you the perspective of a teacher and want you to see the emotions of the teacher. Uh, the reason this is important, I think, for me to bring this up is that I want you to know that there are teachers that hate the masks, that, that want children to have a choice, that want to get back to simply teaching our kids how to, how to read and write and think um, uh, and, and count. <clears throat> and it's a struggle for some of them. Sure, we have a couple teachers that we, we probably shouldn't have in their teaching. But I want to show you the example of a teacher that really cares. And uh, I'm sorry, I wish I knew who this teacher was and where she taught, but I believe it's here in the Placentia Urban School District. But I think it's important that you hear what she has to say in case you missed it the other night. Thank you. I came prepared with this speech and I'm not going to use it. I'm sorry, I'm so emotional. I'm so sad about what's happening. I'm a 16 year veteran teacher. Yashra, thank you for recognizing the teachers that are struggling. Yeah. I've watched that a couple times. <laughs> she, she got me <laughs> again. Um, it, yes, uh, it is heartbreaking. Hedia and uh, Jen Jen um, just, whew, I don't know why they got me the, the second time there. Um, but uh, yeah, what are we doing to our kids? What are we doing? And I know that some people will say, well, just why are you putting them in the public school? Uh, because this has been the public school or the school that we can send our kids to have been there for all of our generations. Everybody that's watching, we've had the schools and they've been in place and, and we have been able to count on them. My parents were able to count on them. And while I was in school, they went to work and they, and they felt that they had the, you know, some of the, we felt we had smart people uh, at the schools doing what we thought should have been done and teaching our kids these things, whatever the, whatever is algebra, uh, if it was, uh, you know, a geography, if it was a wood shop or metal shop and, and we could count on uh, uh, that these professionals that we, we hoped had been trained in, in, in colleges and universities to do the right thing and to teach our kids how to do things that while we were, while they were at work, our parents were at work that we could count on these, um, these authorities at the schools to do the thing that we thought they were going to do. And we could count on them. 
And, and again, it allowed us to work. When school was out, I'd walk home. My parents would come home. We've had dinner and everyone would be, they'd be fine. It was something that we could depend upon. We didn't want teachers. We don't want teachers to be our babysitters. It, it was, it's just part of our, our, our world that we've grown up in. That that's the, the, the children that are being taught while we're at work or by the, while our parents will work, we're going to be the future. They were going to be the ones that were going to be building our cars and building our bridges and, and, and doing our taxes and, and doing all those things because we as parents did the right thing or they as parents did the right thing. And they, they put them in the school system where they can eventually grow up and do these other things. And we want to do the same thing. And we, we had depended on that prior to COVID. We thought, you know, as parents, I, I have five, uh, I have six kids. Uh, together, together with my wife, and we we also thought that that was life. We go to work, our children go to school, they go through the grades, they graduate, we get them into college or university, or they get trade schools or what have you, or they become police officers or firemen, uh, or they go into the military. That this is the way that things work, and now this is all being thrown at us, and now we're now they're telling us, well, if you don't like it. If you, if you think it's horrible, if they're being tortured, then why do you put them in schools at all? Well, then what are we supposed to do as parents of, uh, uh, in these careers that we made that we thought that when we built a career and we had children that we'd have the school system to be part of that um, equation as it always has been. And it's not easy for somebody like Hetty and I uh, to take our, our five kids to an elementary school, one in middle school and two in, in high school, and now suddenly quit our work and now be teachers. And how do we do that and continue to live? How do we do that and continue to eat? Um, how do many parents do it when they, uh, single parents, we have many single parents that have children in the school that now you're, you're saying that to the single mom who has two children maybe uh, in the school or three children in the, in the school system, and you're, you're, you're gonna tell her, okay, now you can no longer work because our schools are crappy and now you need to come home and teach your own kids. And then maybe when they're asleep, you could work at night. Like, how is this supposed to work exactly? I know there's many people telling me all the time, well, just take them out of school and home homeschool your kids. I am not a teacher. I am a horrible teacher. I can teach police officers how not to get shot. I can teach dogs how, how not to pee on the carpet, but I cannot teach all five of my children who are currently in school how to, how to do these things, uh, do algebra and geometry and, uh, 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 and U.S. history. Um, and, and also find a way to, to, to make a living. And so I know it's easy for people to say, hey, just get them out of school, get them out of the public school. It's not that easy. It's important for us to fix the system that we could count, that we counted on being here and to make sure that they're going to do the right thing. All right. I got on a whole rant there. I'm so sorry. Uh, my wife says, and I had my daughter in private school her whole life and it was worse. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm not, I mean, I, I don't know that for sure, but yes, Hedy uh, has told me um, uh, prior to us meeting, getting married, that she paid um, a great deal of money in this very prestigious uh, Christian school, uh, and, um, and, and it was worse than a public school. And so when it came to indoctrination, and, um, and so it, it, it just doesn't matter, because I, I hear that too, people are taking their kids out, not, not not homeschooling, but putting them into private schools or putting them into what they thought were Christian schools. Listen, um, number one, parents got to stay involved. Uh, uh, number two, we can't have uh, some of these uh, curriculums being taught in our kids uh, in, in schools because it's going to affect our kids' mental health. We need to stop teaching our kids that there's six, 16, 15, 50 different genders 
and that it's okay to be a furry and that you go to the bathroom in a uh, litter box inside the boys' bathroom. This has to stop. All right, I went on far too long. Uh, this was supposed to be only 30 minutes and it's going on 52 minutes. I hope this has been helpful to let you know what's going on in our schools. And um, uh, I just encourage all of you to stay um, uh, involved, uh, to show up at the school board meetings. I, I tell everybody to do this when you, when, you're gonna, when you know that a school board meeting is coming up, that not only do you, do you go, but you bring five people with you. Go and then bring five people with you. We need parents there to show the school district and the school board members that you mean business and that you're not going to allow for all this crap to be going on in our schools. All right. I hope this has been helpful uh, and uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time to watch uh, and share this if you would. Uh, make sure and join uh, the California Parent Alliance, um, uh, which is underneath my name right there, californiaparentalites.org. Go to the website, fill out the form to subscribe. We're not going to try to sell you something, but we are going to encourage you to help us make a difference in our schools in the state of California. And we have a couple of events coming up that you're going to want to attend. One of them is going to be at Novo Cafe in Westlake Village. I know that's far away from Orange County, but in Westlake Village, it'll be there. And we will be uh, doing something very special for one of our school board members here in Placentia Oblina School District. So you're going to want to make sure and be there. We have some other speakers that uh, we plan on having there. And you're going to want to make it there. Don't worry. We will eventually have one down here in Orange County. But right now, the next one is scheduled for um, Westlake Village. So make sure and show up. But put your name in there. And also, you can go to the California Parent Lights podcast uh, if you happen to miss one of these live shows. All right, my friends. I appreciate you guys watching. And uh, take care. Talk to you later. Bye.